Inspired by a podcast brought to you by Six. Hello, I'm Hannah Wise, and this is Inspired by. In this podcast series, I invite experts from Six and other representatives from the Financial Centre to talk about their inspirations. And in this edition, I'm delighted to welcome Sabina Doble, CEO of Swiss Sustainable Finance, which is in place to strengthen Switzerland's position as a leader in sustainable finance. Welcome, Sabina. Well, thank you for having me, Hannah. It's great to be here. Okay, well, in a world where we often hear about ESG, impact investing, sustainability, my first question to you is, what is sustainable finance to you? Sustainable finance for me refers to any form of financial service that has as its objective to support transition to a sustainable economy and society. And it does so by integrating environmental, social and governance, so ESG factors, into the business or investment decision. And for me, such finance really aims for the benefit not just of the clients, but also of society at large and the planet. Now, you've been in this role for quite some time, many years, in fact. How has it changed more recently? Because really, I keep thinking back over the last 18 months, everyone's talking about coronavirus, of course. But if I had to pick another word that was on the tip of everybody's tongue, it would be sustainability, right? Well, yes, in a way, the topic was a niche for many years, and that has definitely changed over the past one to two years, maybe even three years. It has now clearly become mainstream. And if I think of why that is the case, I'd say the main reason is that first, people are much more aware of the many challenges that we are facing in our world. Of course, climate change, but also biodiversity loss. If we look at social topics, I'd say a lot of uh, the sustainable development goals have been become harder to achieve. Uh, also in light of the COVID crisis, actually, let's say gender equality, ed- education of girls or the likes. That's one of the reasons. So we're more aware of it. And at the same time, I think we've overcome the prejudice that sustainable finance means lower return. With the long year experience that we have in this topic, Scientific studies now manage to prove that with sustainable finance, on average, you have at least the same kind of return as with traditional finance, but often risks are reduced. Now, your inspiration today is someone who's pretty close to the topic of sustainability. Can you tell us who it is and why? Well, I brought to you Christiana Figueres, and maybe the name doesn't really recall with all of you. She's an international diplomat from Costa Rica, and she was the executive secretary of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. That's the climate uh, conference of the United Nations, which takes place on an annual basis. And she was its executive secretary for seven years. But more importantly, she was this executive secretary in 2015 when the Paris Agreement on Climate Change was negotiated and adopted. And I think whoever works in sustainability will never forget the pictures of all the delegates at this Paris Climate Conference that were cheering about the achieved milestone in global climate policy. 
when for the first time we really agreed to keep global warming well below two degrees. And you call it a milestone, but it really was a mountain to climb all those years ago. Is that why she's so inspiring to you? She's, she really managed to change people's mindsets around it. Absolutely. I think what inspires me with her is her endurance thanks to which she only managed to unite the global community behind this, this key goal. I think she really had to show perseverance. She had to convince skeptics. She had to align many different interests of such different countries, such as the UK or US, Russia and China, all the way to small countries like the Maldives. So really, she had to build a bridge across all of those and this, for me, can only be achieved through great communication skills. She also needed to have in-depth technical knowledge, but she also needed to be stubborn in a way, and she had to show empathy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, having said this, she said, said it herself, you have to be an optimist. And that's one other part which inspires me about her. She actually founded this global optimism think tank, and she even calls it a club of stubborn optimists. <laughs> would, would you describe yourself then as, as a stubborn optimist? Because I'm trying to kind of draw a parallel between your work and the work that Christiana did. Well, I would say I had to be a bit stubborn about the advantages of integrating sustainability into finance decisions. Well, nowadays, I think most of the finance experts would agree that it's something you have to integrate. But regarding the optimism, I would say I'm personally convinced that being an optimist is always the better option because it just somehow it keeps up your spirits and it releases a lot more energy than when you're looking at things in a pessimistic way. It keeps you going and it also helps to create alliances. When you look back then at the work that you've achieved so far through sustainable finance and your work, um, what was the moment that you realized that you were actually making a breakthrough and that, you know, people were understanding that you can do good and do well at the same time? And sustainability is absolutely critical to um, all parts of, of, of business, including finance. Well, in a way, it was when we founded Swiss Sustainable Finance. That's now over seven years ago. And it took us some, well, some months or even a year to set it up. But then we managed to start with over 60 founding members. And I think that was a bit of a breakthrough, at least in Switzerland, for all the activities related to sustainable finance. And it gave me the impression that now we have enough forces behind us to really move something in this topic. And, and when you look at the challenges facing us when it comes to sustainability, I mean, undoubtedly, when you talk about sustainability, um, greenwashing is, is the biggest challenge that comes to mind. How can we deal with this? And of course, greenwashing is when companies uh, say that they are green, but actually they're not as green as they say they are. I have to say greenwashing for me has a lot to do with incomplete or inaccurate communication. And it can be addressed on different levels. If you look at it from the financial service provider's point of view, they have to inform firstly more accurate about the sustainability objectives of their products, but also 
more uh, complete about the performance of their products. So it's about better information. But greenwashing, in a way, also has to be addressed on the side of clients. Clients have to be more aware about the different objectives, but also about the limitations of different approaches when they decide for a certain product. And then I guess key in addressing greenwashing is that we all agree on uniform standards, that we use the, the different terms in the same meaning, and that we define minimum standards. We also worked on such topics and, for example, came out with guidance around how you define different sustainability approaches and what minimum criteria that you have to apply. But how do you work then with um, other countries, Europe as a whole? If sustainable finance is putting together ideas and things, are you working with other entities to, to make it more um, universal? Well, definitely. And this work starts in Switzerland, where we work with other industry associations. We cooperate with them, even have joint products. So I'm talking about finance associations here. But if we look at, at it uh, from a more international point of view, we're a member of Eurosif, which is the association on a European level working towards the right frameworks in sustainable finance. And there we provide input on different projects. But we also really cooperate with them on specific projects. And we're also a member of Financial Centers for Sustainability, a global organization uniting uh, financial centers across the world trying to promote this topic. And we're making progress then, would you say? I would say we're, we make progress. And definitely, if I look at the past few years, it's incredible the change that we've seen in this domain, sustainable finance. I mean, before that, we had to wait years and years before something changed. And now, sometimes it's almost too much. Mm. There are so many new regulations, new standards. It's sometimes hard to catch up. And would you say well, this is one of the main challenges then going forward, just keeping you know one step ahead of everything? I would say keeping only up to date, let alone one step ahead of everything, <laughs> is one of the challenges. And it's funny, there was an article in one of the sustainable finance news portals talking about um, ESG burnout because there are so many new terms and regulations to follow up the whole time. So that's definitely one of the challenges. Another one I definitely see in high quality information that is not ready yet in all on all levels and that starts on the level starts on the level of companies and countries investors need good information to to charge on the sustainability performance of investments and uh, there we have to have better standards regarding company reporting but it also refers on the, uh, the information level on the level of products so we need better better communication towards clients about the sustainability performance of products. It's funny you should mention the role of companies because I, I read it very, very recently that, you know, when it comes to sustainability reporting, everyone knows that from next year we're going to have to do it, but actually companies are just not ready for that. So I can understand that data and, and actually knowing what we have to report and understanding that it's very, very important you know, what perhaps is the role of something like some, some, somebody like SIX here? Because they're, of course, very active on financial information. 
Well, I do think that uh, stock exchanges have a key role when it comes to information flow. I mean, they also set the standard of when you can get listed as a company and stock exchanges can play a role in sort of translating existing standards into also listing requirements or making sure that their clients manage to live up to these expectations. They all, I would say someone like SIX also has a role in creating new sustainable finance markets, be it when they provide indices or be it when they, they support clients in emitting green, green or sustainable bonds. So the whole bond market still has to be, develop a bit in Switzerland, mm. I would say. So that's also an important role. So where does where does Switzerland sit then if you compare it to its peers in surrounding countries in the rest of Europe and globally when it comes to sustainable finance? Do we have a role globally? I would say, firstly, we really have a long history in sustainable finance and we, we can illustrate that the market growth in this uh, sphere is quite uh, strong here. What I see is that Switzerland has always proven to, to show a, a high innovation capacity. So a lot of new products were developed in Switzerland and that was always market driven. So it was never top down. It was always bottom up. And I think that differ differentiates us a bit from other European markets that are probably more driven by the regulator. Although I should say that, of course, um, the regulatory initiatives on the European level also drive, drive providers here. So they, mm -hmm. they have to live up to these expectations as well. And it also brought the topic up on the agenda here for Swiss players. If you look at figures, it's always a bit difficult to compare. But one thing that we know is that Switzerland is very strong in impact investing. Roughly one third of global funds with a focus on development and emerging markets is managed from Switzerland. So here we really have a, a dominating position. In other areas, I would say the picture is mixed and other countries are not lagging behind either, at mm. least European ones. Okay, I mean, just in your recent Swiss Sustainable Market Study, which was published at the end of last year, um, the, the the kind of outcome is that the next step is for actors within the Swiss market to reach an agreement on the classification on different levels of sustainable investments. This is something you mentioned earlier. What kind of impact would that make? I think more clarity on the different objectives and the related achievements would increase investor trust. And it would definitely help to make sustainable investing the norm. We do need some more clarity in the market about how these terms are used and what different approaches can actually achieve. So looking ahead then, and, and I had kind of written in my head, you know, what does the next 10 years hold for sustainable finance? But you've just said yourself that, you know, suddenly change is happening at such a, a rapid pace. Maybe I should shorten that to the what do you see happening in the next five years? Well, be it five or 10 years, I definitely think that every investment product will take sustainability factors into account. And I also think the clients will have more comparable information for their products. But we have to keep in mind, even five or 10 years from now, there will be different levels of sustainability. Mm. But I definitely think every product will take it into account in one or the other way. 
Now, bringing it back to Christiana and her involvement, of course, in the Paris Agreement, what are your hopes for this Paris Agreement going forward and indeed the COP meetings, the climate conferences that have followed? Well, I have to say regarding the Paris Agreement, the last climate uh, conference really illustrated that the way forward might become quite tough. Uh, what, what was really obvious to me is that at the last COP, uh, it was more the market players that really made a step ahead. So it was not least the financial service industry that clearly committed to, to uh, ambitious climate targets. I mean, the large financial players say, look, we do need change here. Otherwise, it will just be difficult for all of us. So once market players uh, make this point to its political leaders, it's probably easier for them to also uh, stir this change. But of course, I mean, the market cannot do it alone. We need the right frameworks and finance cannot do it alone either. Unless externalities are priced in, unless it really costs you to pollute, to emit CO2 emissions, it will, very, it will be very difficult for the financial market to change this. And there, I, I afraid, I'm afraid we have to see uh, more positive dynamics, more ambitious uh, national climate goals. At least it was agreed at the last COP that every country will present new goals. That gives us hope that at the next climate conference, we can again go a step further. Now, if you could meet Christiana, what would you ask her? Or have you already come across her? Unfortunately, <laughs> not in person, no. But I guess I would ask her how you managed to turn a pessimist into an optimist. <laughs> is it more through arguments or is it by encouraging them on an emotional level? And I would love to hear her answers. Sabina, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much indeed for speaking with us today. Thank you, likewise. And thank you very much as well for joining us for this episode of The Six Podcast. And until next time, stay inspired. And you can hear more about inspiring leaders by downloading The Six Podcast series, available wherever you get your podcasts.